Uncluttered and Unfiltered is supported by Hearts for Minds. Can you imagine waiting 10 years to get screened for cancer? On average, people with mental health issues experience a 10-year delay between symptoms and seeking help. And close to two-thirds of mental illnesses go untreated. Hearts for Minds promotes healthy lives by promoting mental health education, facilitating early identification, and connecting people to treatment. Are you ready to learn more? Go to heartsforminds.org. That's hearts, the number four, minds.org for more information or to learn how you can help. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone, and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kindle. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered. I'm Eden Kendall, a broadcaster of many years with me, Christine Stone, the other half of Uncluttered and Unfiltered, and she is the professional organizer that you can find from Neatly Designed. I suggest you, just to make yourself feel soothed and relaxed, go visit her Instagram right now. But today we have a really fun topic for you. Yes, I am so excited about this topic because I feel we can relate to this. We can, and we're hoping to inspire with this one too. Not because we think, oh, look at us, look what we did. You should feel inspired by this. But because we all have had those moments in our life where you just have to see it to believe it. Right. Well, I agree. I think also you have to have confidence in yourself when you decide you're going to get out of your comfort zone. And that's what today's topic is about. Starting over. Starting over later in life. Yep. Finding something new that interests you, that ignites your fire, your passion, whether it's professionally or it could be a hobby. We'll do a whole episode on hobbies one of these days in the near future. But let's talk professionally for, for purposes of just kind of our own sake. However, know when you're listening, this could be something as simple as moving to a new neighborhood, downsizing, upsizing, starting a hobby, starting to volunteer, doing something just very different than what you were already doing. Exactly. So let's let take a journey with me back in time. If you're listening to this podcast because you knew me first, then of me, or you found us online, then you only know Christine Stone as a professional organizer. (laughs) That's the only way I know her. If you were to go back in time, if we had a time machine, let's find you with that first real professional job. And what would that be, Christine? I was a flight attendant. Yes, I was. The first time I heard this was during one of our podcasts. (laughs) I didn't even know this and it blew me away. Yes. Why did you want to be a a flight attendant? Sorry. I don't think I wanted to be. I think when, you know, when back in the old days, I called the eighties, the old days, (laughs) Um, when you graduated college, it's, it just, you had to have a job when you graduated. And I interviewed for a whole bunch of different jobs, including being a flight attendant, because it was like right around the corner from my college. So I'm like, I'll go do that. And I got the job. And the first thing my mother said was, you get airsick. How could you be a flight attendant? <laughs> I didn't and know I, that. Oh, yes. I used to get like, we're, you know, with the vomit bag right in front of you, if there was any turbulence or anything. Okay. I said, I'm going to have to get over it. I'm just going to have to get over it. And I did. And I was a flight attendant. It was wow. great. All right. Tell us some of the 
things we would never have known about what it me- what it meant to be a flight attendant. I remember reading back in the day there were appearance standards. Oh, absolutely. So we had appearance standards. Was it like trying to get picked to be a cheerleader? To it get was. To be a flight attendant? It really was. You had to wear the right red lipstick and the nail polish and the pantyhose and the right size heels. It was very different than it is today. And I mean, very different. I think what, honestly, what people would be surprised about is really how much training flight attendants get, because I really didn't know that. So when they're having me walk around in a dark cabin with no lights and crawling on the ground, I was like, what am I doing? You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And, you know, removing the exit doors with just your two hands. So now the joke is I always sit in the aisle of the emergency exit case. I need to save everyone on the plane, which my husband finds very humorous, but I do know how to do it. And that's something you just would never think that it's just so much hard training to be a flight attendant and you have to pass all the skills. So it's not like, you know, you can just go in there and wing it. I mean, there were really hard tests that you had to pass. And I just, I thought it was just like coffee, tea or me kind of thing. When I first got the job, it was just going to be so simple. And it's a lot of hard work. I mean, a lot of hard work. So that's what I learned in my years as a flight attendant. When you uh, go on a plane now, do you give that little extra smile and a wink to the to the flight attendants or just you have Absolutely. more of an appreciation? I have such an appreciation for flight attendants, especially now, because you know, I was a flight attendant before 9-11. Yeah. So I can only imagine all they go through now. Just I didn't have that scenario. Um, so I do. I appreciate. I always say thank you and please. And when I leave, I thank them for, you know, having me on the flight. And I do. I think it's a lot of hard work and I think they get abused a lot of times and they're just there to do their job. Do you remember the safety speech that you were giving at that time? Like, I know I can remember sometimes uh, things from Schoolhouse Rock. I can recite the preamble to the Constitution, even though it was so long ago. Do you remember that speech or did you, know you read what? it off a card? So uh, much? They had to re- you had to read it word for word off a card. So I kind of remember it, but. I I do remember all the ways to get out of the airplane in case of an emergency. So I did learn that. And if there's smoke in the cabin or what to do. And so you do bring, and you know, one thing I always say about my flight attendant job, it taught me how to be okay with being alone. Because when you start out as a flight attendant, you, they put you low on the totem pole. You don't get to go to Hawaii and work first class. I mean, you have to work your way up. And so there were a lot of times if I didn't eat by myself, I wasn't eating unless I was in a, ho- a hotel room getting um, room service. So it taught me how to sit and eat alone and appreciate that and read a book while you're eating and and not being afraid to be alone in places. And I have to tell you, before I was a flight attendant, that wasn't comfortable for me. I was Mm -hmm. uncomfortable for that. And that's part of today is everything you take on new, you'll always remember something about it that was, that was good. And you did that made you, you know, become who you are. I'm sure you have some great youth stories of jobs. Well, I mean, my radio career started at the Burger King (laughs) drive-thru. Getting on that mic, I kind of enjoyed that a lot. But um, I will say that right out of college, believe it or not, I did go straight into being a morning radio host. 
Which was very fortunate. But then I did get away from that for a little while because I wasn't able to really, it's not, it's not the norm for you to be able to make a, a decent living at this job. You know, there are very few jobs where you can. And so at one point I shifted into doing some charity work. I actually worked for the Muscular Dystrophy Association and I was a fundraiser there. And I always throughout did like weekend shifts on whatever radio station was. Even when I lived in Atlanta, I was on an oldie station called Fox 97. And I always loved it and wanted to get back. It was always my intention. But I did have that job full time as a fundraiser, producing telethon, the whole the whole deal. So the first the first opportunity I got to get back into radio, I wouldn't call that starting over. I would call right. that starting right. again. Like, an, a, you know, there was a false start and then I was able to get back around to it. And, and it's been many years since that I've done that. So now let's fast forward for you, young lady. And now you, you've got a family, you've got kids. Yes. You've, you've decided at some point that you were going to be a professional organizer. How did that happen? Well, that's the funny thing. Talking about starting totally over, yeah. I was a stay-at-home mom, and I actually started by doing this for a friend of mine. And after I was done organizing her kitchen, actually, she said, you know, you're really good at this. You should do this as a job. And back in those days, a professional organizer wasn't really even a job. I mean, it was, but it wasn't. And so I was like, okay, I didn't even know that was a job. And so she referred me to a friend and her friend said the same thing when I was leaving, you know, you're really good at this. You should do this as a job. And that's and ignore the universe here. Somebody's trying to tell me something. And so I mean, even the internet was not what it is today. And so there wasn't a lot on it, but there was NAPO, which is my organization. And I just scoured and read everything I could read and learn about being a professional organizer. And that's where we are. Like, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that was also very scary because, you know, I had to start an entire business on my own. And that meant everything that meant social media, that meant a website that meant everything. So think about this for a minute. If you're listening, um, think about this. This isn't that she went and worked at a professional organizing firm that she went through some kind of professional training program where you drove to school every day and you took the classes and you went home and then they placed you in a job. Right. This is you did something And then took it upon yourself to learn whatever you could learn, absorb whatever you could absorb, like a sponge. And then you had to create, create, create social media, branding. Everything. everything You have to have insurance. You have to be legitimate if you want people to take you legitimately. So I had to do everything on my own from scratch. And then, you know, to me, making a name for yourself in your community is the most important thing you can do because one person tells another person tells another person. And like I said, we didn't even have social media back in the early days. So it was just so important to be known in your community and being known to not only be an organizer, but you do it well. So I, I mean, that was a life changing, you know, moment for me. And You know, did I know 100% it would work? No, I did not know. No matter what, I didn't know until I was probably a couple years into it. Mm -hmm. Then I kind of realized, wow, you know, 
I'm, this is something I can do and I really love it. I'm really having fun. And so I think anything that you want to start over that's new, if it's a passion or something you really think you're good at, because not everybody is good at everything. Really? You don't think I'd make for a good organizer? <laughs> um, no. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of realized that too, younger yeah, in my younger years is everybody has their forte. Sure. Everybody's good at something. You just have to decide what it is. So that's how I became an organizer. And now look at me sitting here doing a podcast with you in August since I turned 60. So I just don't feel there's any ceilings, any boundaries anymore. I think if you really put your mind to something and you have someone who's there with you, like I have you, so we support each other. I think you can do anything, no matter what your age is. And you can't detract the uh, support system that we both were fortunate enough to have, too. I mean, there's no doubt going to be somebody listening right now who says, well, I don't have people. I don't have a, a husband or a family or other incomes coming in. I don't have this or that. I, there are certainly challenges that we did not have to overcome. But believe me. When I say there were plenty that we did have there to overcome. There were plenty that we did and, have to overcome. And for example, for me, I, I, I'm i kind of, I would think, just kind of following the same path you did in that, you know, you had your first career and then you had another career and now you have another right. thing you've added on top right. of that. Well, that's me too. I had my radio and not to take away from doing nonprofit work, but that was just like for a heartbeat of a second compared to what the time I've spent in broadcasting then I went into TV. I kept the radio thing going the whole time, but then that was all brand new to me. I that had to learn so how to, it was very exciting, but I had to learn to edit video. Everything I had done had been just audio. I had to learn that the way I speak to somebody else, I had to actually cheat towards the camera, they call it, where you're you know watching where your face is. There were a million things to learn to do that. That, that part of my career, I decided to say goodbye to because it was just a lot. It was a lot for me. I've talked about it. We've addressed it before. But that lunch with you, <laughs> when you brought up a podcast, and I, to me, a podcast was a couple of friends sitting around talking into my, I don't know, maybe their phone, and nobody really listens, but they're having a good time. Right. But that's not the way Christine Stone does <laughs> anything, y'all. She's into, if we do this, let's do this. Let's have branding. Let's have yes. professional photos taken. Yes. Let's learn how to do this. Let's and so we started listening to every podcast about how to podcast. Well, you that did. There was okay. Well, <laughs> that's why I love well, you. She does I, all the hard stuff. I, I come love, in and I can just talk really well. I love to learn. Yes, I she do. does. I love to learn, and I think that is a huge part about the whole starting over thing. Yes, if you are open to learning something new. When I uh, went to that. I think I've brought this up before. At least I have posted about it on social media. I went to the social media workshop. It was an all-day seminar. I on, remember. And I thought I'd walk in and it would be a bunch of Gen Z, no offense, and I would be standing out like a sore thumb. But you know what it was? It was a bunch of people like me. You really? Know? Yes. Yes. Millennial to boomer kind of vibe. Wow. Because we were the ones who really had to had learn. Had to learn. Yeah. So we needed to know, and it was a lot of business owners. There was one lady that I connected with. She's a pet groomer, and she needs to use social media to forward her business. So you can start over and still stay in the same business, but start fresh using 
the same tools that are being used by those that are younger and coming in. And at, and that's where we we want to, without putting down any other generations, talk about why there are opportunities for people of our age to start over. Yes. Because we have a lot going for us. We have so much going for us. And I also think what I have seen is since COVID, a lot of people over 50 have gone back into the workforce. Number one, they need people to work. And people over 50, definitely one thing you could say about us, we have work ethic, Mm. very good work ethic. And so I've seen people starting all over in all different types of jobs because people need employees. So it's things they never did before, but they're like, well, they want to hire me. Okay, I'll do it. And so I, I feel over 50 is just the second part of your life. I mean, you've had your first part, you've had your kids, you've you know, gone to college, you haven't gone to college, but done what you're doing in your profession. But it's now like the point where you have a say in what you want to do and you, and you want it to mean something and you want to enjoy it. I mean, I know people that work at Publix and love it because they get to talk to people every single day. And I think there's nothing more rewarding than that when you're over 50. I mean, if you're a talker and you like to to find out what's going on in the world, find a job where you get to talk to people during the day. And I just think things are changing. I really do. I think that, you know, over 50 is not what it used to be in the workplace. There's also something to be said for a job where you don't have anything to do with that job once you clock out. And that's something I can tell you that my husband looks very much forward to one day when he is fully retired. He wants to work in a situation where he can go to work and say hi to everybody and help people out throughout the day. And then when he leaves, his phone isn't ringing. There's nothing he needs to be thinking about. Nothing's going to haunt his dreams as to, did that get done today? Did that get done today? So there are some people that want to start over like that. They want to get off the hamster wheel. They want to stop having to think about their work when they leave. They want to get out and do something during the day. So it doesn't mean that you're having to go start over and take on all of this additional worry and responsibility. It could be that you're lightening the load where that is concerned. Well, we're also living longer. So if you retire at 60, which is my age, I mean, what are you going to do the next 30 years? I mean, you know, we're living longer. And so I feel like at least if you keep your mind busy, stay around people, enjoy what you're doing, it's only a bonus in living longer as well. So I just never, I don't know what I would do with myself if I retired. And then how much fishing can you do? How much gardening can you do? How much golfing can you do? I mean, there's only so much before you go, this is it. I mean, and I'm not saying don't have your hobbies on the side, but there's the, I getting a paycheck as well as doing something you love to do is just a bonus after 50. And it can be an unexpected bonus. It can just be something that you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this. Right. But the other, the other piece of it that I wanted to bring up is that it's also a time where you can take your hobbies and maybe even through volunteer work or monetizing them, make that be a bigger part of your life. For example, you're a runner, you can get certified to be a a certified running coach. You are an artist, you could teach classes at the library, you could volunteer, or you might even go 
work at, and I know, don't be offended if you're an amazing artist, because I know this is more cookie cutter, but like a painting with a twist or something like that. You could open up your own studio, depending on where you are and how much you want to invest in yourself and and others. There's just ways to use. So many. If you're a gardener, I have a friend, her, her husband is retired from three big jobs, firefighting, Navy, steelwork. Wow. He has three pensions. He's now the neighborhood lawn guy. He just loves to get oh, out there on his- He my best friend. He just Ugh. loves getting out there. And yeah, they're, you know, they pay him, but he also employs a lot of the neighborhood kids to-, to That's he's, great. He's created this in his retirement. He's the neighborhood lawn guy. Yeah. I, and, and I love not? that. I love that. It's, and it's you're about, known as the neighborhood lawn yeah. guy. So everybody loves you and everybody wants to talk to you and- and. Yeah, pick your brain about the weeds in their yard or whatever. I mean, you, it is recreating who you are later in life. There's a another story I have where a, a neighbor of mine, this is so funny. He is always out gardening in his yard, white hair, adorable, tough kind of guy. But, you know, he's always out there gardening and I'll talk to him about things and I'll compliment him. And he always takes the compliment. Thank you. I work so hard. It's wonderful. And I'm like, he's so lovely. And he said, I found out that he was like a really badass CIA like dude in his younger days, like super tough. Wow. Tough guy. And now he's out there with his flowers and he loves it. And so he has recreated, basically reinvented himself. This is who he is now. And he's got this giant sunflower that that blooms in his yard annually. It's just it's just cool to see people who have reinvented themselves. They, they're like, this is going to be the new me. This is how I am now. And you're allowed to do that, by the way. You don't have to tell anyone. Just be the new you. Right. And there's so many opportunities online as well. I mean, if you're not really interested in, you know, putting makeup on and leaving your house or putting on, you know, more than just your athleisure wear, you know, there's so many things you can do online as well, helping other people, learning new things. So there's so much more available now than there was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So it's just finding your niche, I feel like, finding what you're really passionate about and what you really think you're really good at. This is where we ask you to participate. We are uh, um, always, always going to our Facebook community. We love it. It's a private group, but it's uncluttered and unfiltered ladies only on Facebook. Every time we mention it, we get a lot of people requesting to join. And we always say, yes, 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 as long as we check you out a little bit and make sure that you're you know, there for the right reasons. But there's no big entrance exam or anything like that. And once you're there, please message us, share with us. Let us know if you want to start over. If you've been starting over, we'll put up a post before this episode airs so you know exactly where you can comment on it. It's just so, so great for us to connect. That's another part of this reboot that you and I have both done with our lives where we're making new friends and we're intentionally making friends that are kind of in our demographic. Yes. Experiencing the things that we, we have experienced. Well, and also I feel like I'm part of a new community. Yeah. Just hearing some of the comments people have made when we put things, it just, 
it it really warms my heart. I just really have enjoyed this group of women. I just think nobody, they're all there for each other, supporting each other. And it's no negativity, which, you know, nowadays is really rare. So I've enjoyed it. And I love reading everybody's comments, everybody's. The same. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy when you give a suggestion and somebody shows you how they have uh, implemented it? Does that make you feel good? When when you can, yes. I'm about to show you something and ask you to explain visually. This is going to go back to an episode we did a few weeks ago. Okay. All right. Our style episode. Okay. You made a few suggestions and I went out and bought <gasps> these white oh, tennis shoes so that I could have like really cute. You'll wear ones. them with everything. I'm I do wear them you. with everything. I wore them with jeans the other day. I'm wearing them with athleisure now. And I love it. Yeah, I love it. So, so many people stop me, email me, message me about how they've instituted something we've said or done during this podcast or, you know, on social media. I, I love it. I love it. I love seeing that people really take to heart um, and inspire and motivate each other I, I just can't tell you how it warms my heart when people say, look what I did. Look what I did. I, I love it. Love it. Well, I am happy that you are rubbing off on me. And I'm also happy, happy to know that I rub off on you the other day. You were looking for a misplaced check and you couldn't find it. I thought, have I rubbed off on you? Like that doesn't sound like you at all. Probably it got lost in the mail, but I still took a little bit of a little bit of a, um, I guess, solace in knowing that some of me is rubbing off on you, even if you don't know it. Well, a lot rubs off on me, except the running part. You will never <laughs> see me running, and I can a hundred percent say that. But but I've never seen anyone. I always say this: work harder in my life, and so you've motivated and inspired me to n- just keep going. There's nothing we can't do, and I love that attitude. We can keep learning. Yes, we can learn brand new things, and while we're learning those things. We can let go of or hold on to the other things. That's up to you. This I almost got to our end line. I was about to get there and realized I didn't ask everybody to do the things. So the things are subscribe so you're notified when we have a new episode. Review and leave stars because that helps other people find us. And I, I want to read the reviews. I would love I, to I read know. the reviews. So definitely leave a review. So let me blah, 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 go back to what I was about to say, which was you can start over and with the things from your past, you can let them go. And don't look back. <laughs>